0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: The biggest challenge I face is fear, a fear, deeply entrenched colonial system that lives in each and every one of us and how well of a job colonialism has done at making us doubt ourselves, doubt ourselves and who we are and what we know. And so we're constantly working from a place of fear and control.
0: Welcome to impactboom.org. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes.
2: Thanks for listening to episode 421 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to initiatives and enterprises that are causing positive change locally and globally. Today, we're speaking with Elaine Alec. Elaine Alec is a storyteller, facilitator, and CEO of Nuxmeat, which translates into many coming together as one. She's an expert in indigenous planning processes and has extensive experience working with Indigenous governance and decision-making and shifting systems and engagement pathways to support self-determination. She's the author of Calling My Spirit Back and belongs to the nations from the southern interior of British Columbia and Washington State and is registered with the Penticton Indian Band where she spent most of her life. On today's podcast, we will discuss how and why Elaine and her team use transformational storytelling as a way to inspire whole systems healing and to promote maximum productivity. How Elaine's work supports reconciliation, healing, decolonization, as well as systems change. Elaine, thank you so very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. And Look, to start off, could you please just share a little bit about your background and what's led you to where you are today?
1: Sure. I'll introduce myself the way that I was taught. Uh, What I said in my language in silhachin was good day, elders, family, friends, leaders, young people, two-spirit and non-binary folks. My name is Tithanitk and I'm from the Silk and Sukhwot nations. My name, Tithanit, loosely translates into standing by water. I'm from the Silk nation from my mom's side and the Sukhwap nation from my dad's side. And my English name given to me was, is Elaine Alec.
2: Amazing. And Elaine... You do some remarkable work now. And I'm really curious, perhaps there were some significant milestones in your life that have led you to where you're at personally and professionally right now.
1: Oh my gosh. Every time someone asks me about milestones, I can never think of one. There are so many milestones that have really led me to where I am professionally and personally. But I think the one that I fall back on the most. The one point where my life really started to shift was when I decided to get sober. And so I started drinking really heavily at the age of 12 as a result of my childhood trauma. And I drank very heavily until I was about 30 years old. And everything between then was me just struggling to figure out how to survive. And so when I decided to get sober, That was the moment that I realized I had to heal and feel my feelings and deal with some stuff and also be accountable for some of the things that I had done in my life. And when I was able to do that work, I was able to let go of some of the shame and forgive myself so that I could move forward and feel deserving of good things that came into my life and no longer self-sabotage. Now I'm at this place where I am going to be 16 years sober And because of that, I have been able to become a better person, a better friend, a better mother, a better business person, and have really worked to feel worthy of all of the things that I've accomplished in the last few years of my life.
2: Mm, That's remarkable. Thank you for sharing that. What was it that led you to start your enterprises and your collaborations in that space?
1: Yeah, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. And my first business that I started was when I was about 21 years old. And since then, this is number six. This is the sixth company that I've started. But this company really captures my life's work and everything that's led me up to this place. And that goal that I have in this latest enterprise is to promote healing for the mind, body and spirit by sharing the stories of my ancestors. And so a lot of the work that we do, it can be about economic development, governance, it can be about climate work, whatever it is that we're in the space talking about, the foundation of the work has to be healing, especially if we're talking about self-determination for our nations and, and needing to understand that a lot of our decisions are built from a place of fear. And so learning to trust ourselves and learning to love ourselves and respect ourselves so that we can um, move forward and make better decisions from a place of love and trust, I think is the main focus for the work that I want to do from here on. Mm. And through, as you're mentioning,
2: this powerful Indigenous lens of wisdom, I imagine this does provide you with incredible lived experience and the immense love wisdom and energy from your ancestors and from your country Mm -hmm. what has these powerful lived experiences and all those who stand behind you given you alongside your professional expertise in terms of identifying key systemic barriers and what else is possible
1: i always say I'm very privileged, despite all of the trauma, despite all of the bad things that happened in my life as a result of the systemic racism and the colonialism of patriarchy and residential schools. Despite all of those things that happened to me, I was privileged enough to be raised by a grandmother who spoke our language fluently. And so every night, my My grandma would rub my back and tell me stories in the language, and she would tell me these stories, we call them sinclepe stories or coyote stories, and she would tell me about all of these things every night, and what I didn't realize is that the language and the stories that she was speaking to me every night were actually our Indigenous laws, they were our protocols, they were our ways of being and governing and contributing to the world. And so I didn't know that until I was 30. I didn't know all of the things that I had learned from my grandmother were things that not everybody got to learn because of residential schools and from our languages being stripped from us. I was raised by two parents. My dad went to residential school and my mom went to residential school. They were both alcoholics and yet they were still warriors. My dad was a part of the American Indian Movement and Red Power Movement. And my mom was a strong supporter of the movement. And I grew up going to government takeovers where they would take over buildings, government buildings and put up roadblocks. And they were very frontline and very much activists and advocates in Indigenous rights and spaces. And so that has really driven me to have a strong sense of identity. I have a strong sense of identity because of my parents and my grandmother and our ancestors. And I was brought to ceremony and I was raised in ceremony. And my mom brought me all over North America to different ceremonies at different tribes and learned about our prophecies and our stories from all over. And those things drive me. It's that I have this really deep, strong faith in our ways of knowing. And I don't always know what it means to carry that forward but I trust it I trust that whatever these stories tell me to do is the work that I'm supposed to be doing
2: yeah amazing is there particular ways that you connect into that now given that your grandmother who spoke language is I'm assuming passed over Mm -hmm. what are some of the ways that you connect into that knowing and trust
1: There's a few teachings whenever I introduce myself in my language. But usually when I introduce myself, I'll also say the names of my ancestors out loud. I'll say that my mom and my dad have also both passed. And so I introduce my parents and my grandparents and then the people I descend from. And I was told when I say their names out loud, especially when I'm in in an important decision-making space, and I'm nervous and scared that when I say their names, it calls them into the space with me to help guide me. Mm-hmm. And they help me with my words. I have the courage to speak from the heart and not be prepared. That was one thing I was taught from very young is I'm not allowed to write my words down. I always have to speak from the heart. And so I've never prepared of anything. I never look at things ahead of time. I just trust in that spirit of speaking from the heart and leading from that place And then the other piece was I was told that whenever your hands sweat, whenever your stomach feels nervous, to put your hand up and speak and to just open your mouth that you don't even need to know what you're going to say, that when your hands are sweaty and your stomach feels butterflies, you just open your mouth because that's the ancestors wanting to speak through you. I was taught that wasn't fear. That was your ancestors trusting that feeling, trusting the instinct of my body that something needs to be said, even if I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. That's
2: so wise.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And Elaine, you've worked across various industries. As you said, you've run several businesses and you've brought your lived experience and your deep knowledge of culture into these spaces what are some of the challenges the opportunities and the insights that you've experienced
1: I guess it would really depend on not really I was going to say it really depends on the space I'm in but I think one of the biggest challenges that I face is Consistently in whatever area that is, whether it's with my own people or with government or with other corporations or organizations, the biggest challenge I face is fear. A fear, deeply entrenched colonial system that lives in each and every one of us and how well of a job colonialism has done at making us doubt ourselves and who we are and what we know And so we're constantly working from a place of fear and control. And when we work from a place of fear and control, we're triggering each other to work from the lowest part of our brain. And we cannot be creative. We cannot be solutions based. We cannot think beyond the status quo. And so we become complicit to the system because we're working from that place of fear and control. My only goal when I move into spaces is to not, figure out how I'm going to run the agenda or get the outcome that I'm being hired to come in for, my number one priority in every space that I occupy is to cultivate safety, connection and belonging. That's my only goal, whether it's a governance space, a a business space, a political space, it's all about cultivating that safety, that connection and that belonging, because when you cultivate those things, you help support people to work from the best part of their brains, where they are creative, where they are solutions based, where they are efficient and where they are courageous.
2: Thank you. I'm just receiving that. That's, mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. What are some, and I'm sure you've again, got many amazing projects that you interact with so I'm just curious what are some projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel are inspiring really powerful change
1: oh my gosh our company just finished I don't even like to call it a project but we just partnered with the province of British Columbia Canada we worked with the parliamentary secretariat on gender equity and we were originally brought in to help support the government's six-pillar action plan on how to address gender-based violence in British Columbia. One of the things that came out from the work that they had been doing is a lack of Indigenous voice in that action plan, and so when we came into the space we had years and years of experience of hearing about gender-based violence and violence in Indigenous communities And one of the consistent messaging that we heard from our people was that the answer to violence and trauma in our communities is coming of age. The answer to violence and trauma in our communities is rites of passage work. And we didn't know what that meant. Um, We just knew that's what we were told needed to happen. And so when we sat down with government to say, we want to do this work, but we want to focus the conversations across the province on coming of age, they said, well, what does that even mean? And how does that support our six pillar action plan uh, on gender-based violence that we've already created? And our response to them was, how does that question support the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People and our right to self-determination? And the moment we said that, they were immediately on board to support the work that we wanted to do to center on coming of age, even though we couldn't validate how we were going to do the work or what that was going to look like. It was going to require them to trust us through the process. And that was huge. That was huge for government to come and invest that much money into conversations like that, that they had no idea what it was going to look like at the end because they're so used to controlling the messaging. And so that has been the most inspiring piece of work that I've done to date.
2: Can you share anything about the rollout of that and what that looked like? Because I would imagine with many First Nations peoples across the planet whose lives have been interrupted by colonialism and violence, that many of those rituals have been interrupted or in some cases lost. And so curious to see how that how that rolled out.
1: Yeah, there was so much wisdom that came from that work and our work will be on our website and it'll be available for public viewing for people to use and build off of as a best practice. And so a lot of the conversations that came out from that are what is coming of age and what did that mean? And a lot of our people talked about coming of age was about talking about and addressing trauma and knowing that the moment we're born as human beings, we are going to experience trauma and that we had tools and ways of being in the world that would help us move through that trauma and regulate ourselves so that we could continue to contribute to ourselves, our families, our communities, our nations and our lands in a good way. And so that trauma wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was something that happened in life the moment you were born and that it was a sacred time when you experienced trauma that you were going to have to learn to regulate yourself to move through that to become stronger. And so we did things and we did training to help expose our bodies, like intentionally expose our bodies to trauma, to shock and to pain, so that we could learn to regulate that and overcome it so that we wouldn't easily succumb to the elements of the time. And how it's changed now over the years. We're no longer in the forests or living outside without air conditioning or heating. We're now living in a different moment of time where we have to take a look at what are the traumas that we experience today as as humans? And what are some tools that we can share to regulate ourselves so that we can continue to function at our best despite these things that might happen to us? Another part of that coming of age work was that the there was such a strong emphasis on connection, identity and belonging, that when you have connection, identity and belonging, you have internal power. And when you have internal power, you no longer try to take it away from anybody else through violence, through trying to take it away from them. And so All of these different things, running was an act of coming of age. Taking cold showers is an act of coming of age. Like there's these things that we can continue to do to learn to regulate ourselves and ground ourselves. Going to the water is coming of age. Going out onto the land is coming of age. And connecting with each other and finding out who you are and what your purpose is coming of age work to help ground you so that you can continue to move forward and do work in a good way. And that when you experience things um, and when you're triggered and you go into that place of struggle, that you know how to regulate yourself so that you're not harming other people so that it's no longer hurt people. That when you experience that hurt, you learn to deal with that hurt so that you don't hurt other people.
2: There's so much (laughs) I to to talk to you about and Perhaps we'll have to get you on for another episode, Elaine. Thank you so much. I I suppose the last question I would have for you is, are there any books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: There's my book. (laughs) I have a book called Calling My Spirit Back. One of my favorite Indigenous authors is another young woman. Her name is Helen Knott, and she has a book called In My Own Moccasins, and she is just releasing another book at the end of this month, I think this week, and it's called Becoming a Matriarch. That's the name of her book. Becoming a Matriarch is her second book. And then Jessie Thistle also has a book called From the Ashes, these are authors that I have been following for the past three years, and there's a new author that she just released her book called Unbroken by Angela Sterrett. And so there's just this surge of Indigenous authors coming out, especially from Canada, really capturing our lived experiences and stories and how colonialism has impacted us in their path and how they've navigated that in different ways. So I could keep going on, but those I think are the main ones that I've been following lately. Elaine, thank you so
2: much. It's just been terrific to have you on and I've learned so much. I'm really
0: grateful. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter.